Hi, folks. This is James Kennison. That means this is GOK, Gospel of Kennison, episode 52, brought to you the week of November 6, 2013. 15. It's 15, not 13. <clears throat> I don't really know what I'm going to talk about this um, this time. I usually like to have like some sort of topic so that the whole thing's not just me doing life updates, but sometimes... Uh, Sometimes I don't want to do it at all, like today and like last week and the week before. Um, so it's better for me to just go for it. And if there's a topic that arises, great. So um, Halloween was awesome. Um, I, I, I love Halloween. I am a Christian and I love Halloween. And I understand that people don't and can't. Um, my kids go to a private Baptist school and... Um, <clears throat> Not that that's unique. I mean, every every denomination has people that that hate Halloween, but my kids had never met any, and so it was uh, it was interesting to them because they were talking about the costumes they were going to wear and you know looking forward to the candy, and then they were met by some with some kids. They were met with, "Oh, I can't believe you're doing that," you know that kind of thing, and I forgot. I kind of forgot that that existed, that attitude, and so I you know giving them the, every benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I told my kids, I'm like, well, you know what? That's what they believe. They believe that somehow, uh, by dressing up in a cute costume and going door to door to get candy, they believe that somehow opens the door to Satan in their life or more probably accurately gives him some sort of glory that should go to God. And I said, now, you and I know that that's not the case. We, we we don't believe that. We know it's just what it is. It's just that. Candy and costumes, the two important C's of Halloween. I even call it Candyween just for fun because that's the only thing that me and mine care about, really. Um, so what I did do is I shared um, the idea in, in uh, the New Testament of uh, the meat offered to idols issue. Um, in the early church, there were folks that were eating uh, meat, uh, a lot of them actually. Uh, but some of them were like, you know what? I can go and I can go sit down at a restaurant and I can eat meat that was offered to a pagan deity, a stone statue or some sort of thing. From what I've heard, typically there was a discount for the, for the meat, but, um, it was probably more or less just like, you know, like what we do today. Is this organic? Was this offered to idols? Um, yes, it was. Uh, Ra's Al Ghul from Batman was very, very delighted with it. Um, and then you'd be like, oh, no, I can't do that. You know, that's against my religion. Well, obviously Christ uh, or Peter or Paul, none of these guys had, you know, talked about that before. So some folks had decided that they could eat it. No big deal. Others had decided they could not. And what they were told was, look, in this case, in this thing, if you can, in good faith, then go for it. You're fine. Then they said, but if you can't, if your faith will not allow you to eat of this stuff, then don't. Because for you, it's a sin, which is kind of a weird concept. Not a sin for one dude, sin for another. Um, and then it said at the very end, it kind of wraps us up with, but even you guys that are allowed and able and can, uh, if it causes someone else 
to stumble, then please refrain. And um, some folks have taken that to say, well, I can't ever indulge myself then in pagan meats, which, you know, are still the highlight of my day. Um, I can't I can't do the pagan meats thing because that's going to cost somebody else to stumble. And people have applied that to alcohol. People have applied that um, to m- movies, you know, different different ratings of movies and all this kind of stuff. And folks have applied it apparently uh, to Halloween. But I, I, I think one part that we often miss in there, and, and, and I'm just going to take a stand here and say that it's understood in that entire series of scriptures that the one with the most faith is the one that can eat without, uh, you know, fear, can eat the meat. The ones that can't, if you're, it literally says, if, there, if your faith does not allow you, um, meaning, in my opinion, you know, not, if you don't have enough faith to be able to do this without, you know, losing your salvation, then don't. Um, and then, and then, and the reason why I think that way is because the last part, like you said, where they say, um, those, you know, those of you that can, please don't cause the ones who can't to stumble. So those of you with the faith that can, uh, help out the ones who can't, the smaller people with the lesser faith. And I've seen that. I'm not dissing Christians. I've seen that, um, all over the place, people, with a real honest to God gut level worked it out, tried by fire kind of faith. It's very hard to offend these people. Um, It's very hard. And those who are either new to the faith or have never grown past a saving knowledge of Christ, who have never become disciples, who have never become Christ followers, they typically are very easy to offend. And these are the ones we hear shouting out and screaming on Facebook about every little thing that goes on politically. And they, they, they don't even understand the basics. Like sinners, guess what they do? They sin. So I don't get offended when sinners sin. But um, anyway, these are the folks that you know pick on um, their fellow Christians and say, you know, if you don't do this the way I do, if you don't read what I read and go to the church I go to and all this kind of stuff, that you're not. You're not good enough. And then they separate themselves from non-Christians uh, when we're supposed to be all amongst them and not like them, you know? Uh, so all that to say, my daughter and my son got a little education about uh, about meat offered to idols and how, you know, in our, in our family anyway, we can uh, celebrate uh well I don't I don't I don't even want to call it celebrate because I I honestly don't I don't celebrate anything there it's a it, to me and mine it is a holiday that gives my kids candy and lets them dress up cute as crap and that's all it is and if you can't participate in that then that's what I did tell my daughter in your defense I said you know what those folks can't they literally cannot allow themselves to do it and they should be patted on the back for that and and honored for that because they're standing up for what they believe and all that. I said, the only problem is a lot of those folks like that are real judgmental. And they're like, if you do the thing that I am not doing, then you are a less Christian, lesser Christian than I am. And um, that's unfortunate, but you know what I'm talking about. It happens. It happens to people. So I did find a topic after all, on the very first freaking thing (laughs) that I was talking about. 
Oh, I should remember this for next time. Just start talking, James. You can talk about anything. But um, my kids, um, my daughter specifically, she's 10, and she was really concerned at the beginning of uh, the season there. Uh, it said She said, I, I don't know if I can dress up. Feels like it's a kid thing. I don't know if it is. And I said, baby, don't do it yet. You're supposed to do this at 12 or 13. She says, what? I said, never mind. I said, just think about it, okay? Because, you know, surely there's a way you can be involved and do something without uh, feeling stupid. Well, she comes back and she says, I got it. I, I have to find a costume that I can wear that I don't feel stupid in. And, and that sounds like a small thing, but it's a huge thing. Because every year prior to this year, every costume she had worn was either picked up by uh, us or had, had been picked up by her. And when she picked it out, it was picked out 100% because of what it was what she wanted to be. It was what she wanted to wear. Everybody else, she didn't think about them. It was her wishes. And so it was a little sad to see her drifting a little bit toward, you know, that, that world. But we've all been through it, man. High school's the worst. Middle school's even worser. Uh, so... She said she wanted to be a robot. She wanted a box over her face. That way she could participate and be silly, or even if she felt stupid, no one would see her. And I thought, that's genius. So um, I took over, and I took it upon myself to make her a, uh, a robot out of recycled cardboard that was from our packing boxes, and it turned out to be called the CandyBot 3000. And you can see pictures of this um, on my Facebook and you could probably see pictures. I think I've posted them on the NLCast network uh, you know, group on Facebook. And um, it's white and pink. And it has little jets, things. To, it has lights, people. It has lights. But what I did is I came up with this idea of the, those white masks that people collect and paint. Um, I just got a white one. I put it inside of a dark box with a, with a dome, a pink dome in front of it that was actually like some sort of candy bowl salad bowl thing and it took me a week and three days but when it was done i had a candy bot 3000 candy bot 3000 is awesome because it had a slot in the front you know an opening that said candy with a point arrow and the people had to put the candy in it and then the candy slid down one of two um pathways that was all made out of cardboard into pouches that were on her hips on each side uh also made out of cardboard and um so, so it had uh, hot pink lights all all in it and over it and even underneath, kind of like uh, people have on um, cars where the lights, you know, hit the asphalt. Um, she was wearing white, so they shone and lit up part of her pants and stuff, like an After Effects type of deal, or ground effects, ground effects, that's what I'm thinking of. So it was very awesome. And um, David, my friend David, uh, Pastor David, he says, you know what? If you're going anywhere with this thing, you need to make sure you go to Cherokee, Cherokee Street. Cherokee Street is the artsy-fartsy area. Um, pretty much everything there. You know, it's art shops, tattoo shops, um, uh, grooming, you know, antique stores. There's a lot of stuff, but it's a, it's a pretty hipstery kind of yuppie kind of hippie kind of place. And it's awesome. I love it. It's great. I didn't know they did trick-or-treat but the businesses do they do that so we went there and man i'm telling you jenna's costume was an absolute hit um every place we went people wanted photos people walking by were making comments and saying nice things and kids other kids were freaking out 
Um, she was getting selfies with <laughs> different people, and nobody could see who she was, and she was working it, man. This is what Paul got about, my friend said yesterday. He says it wasn't that she was just wearing it. She was working it. She was marching like a robot. She was you know, saluting people when they said things because she didn't talk in it. She would salute them when they said stuff, and we had her set up uh, her gauntlets, her, her gloves that went to her elbows. If she held them up a certain way, um, it was revealed that it said thank you. And so she, you know, every time she got candy or anything like that, she would hold up her arms and people would kind of do it too because it looked like they were, it looked like she was saying, ooh. But then they read the thank you and they got a double kick out of it because uh, it, it was just neat. It was awesome. I'm never going to throw it away, <laughs> throw it away though. Um, but the the LED lights, I got them on Amazon. It was about 30 per string. I, I bought two strings of them. They were six bucks a piece. You know, how can you not? And um, that was one part that got one lady. She was like, where's the light coming from? I'm like, it's magic, hippie lady. But uh, it wasn't magic. It was devil magic. There's a difference. Um, So Halloween on Cherokee was great. It's pretty much all we did. But then we came back to the house, and the kids wanted to go in the neighborhood. And we don't. I don't know. They're just, I don't know what, I don't know what they do in, in the city. So we went and knocked out a few houses and we had absolutely nobody answer the door. I don't know if it was just that we were too late or we weren't doing it right, but there was some folks out front of their houses. So we went over there and immediately before they handed us anything, the guy says, do you have any jokes? And my kids are like, what? And I was like, what? And he says, yeah, yeah. You got any jokes? I'm like, well, I do. It's really dumb. Let's hear it. And then I said, you know, why did the guy drink poison and not die? And he goes, oh, boy. He says, this sounds terrible. I said, well, yeah, I got it from a seven-year-old. So, you know, you wanted a seven-year-old joke. So here, here it is. And I said, uh, he says, why did he not die? He was in the living room. And he goes, oh, wow, there's a lot of jokes I'm getting today. Um uh, the, you know, the punchline is living room. I'm like, really? Uh, you're getting jokes, just a ton of jokes on Halloween. So anyway, we continued about our business and, um, we were headed back home. And one of the houses that we had missed belongs to a, a very nice neighbor of ours. Um, apparently he was maybe in the restroom or something, but he saw us. So he banged on the window. We went to him and he did the same thing. You have any jokes? And we're like, no, not really. And uh, he said, oh, okay, well, here. And he didn't make a big deal of it like the last dude did, who was probably high. Um, so uh, fast forward a couple days, I'm like, this must be a thing. And so we asked, and is it a deal in St. Louis that you have to tell jokes before you get candy? And they're out there like, yeah, you didn't know. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah, you guys didn't tell us. You know, uh, in the South, we don't play. When we say trick or treat in Georgia, we mean you better give us some candy or you're going to get jacked up somehow. We're going to throw something at your house. We're going to TP something. We're going to scratch your car. That's what Halloween's about in the South. But no, we don't tell jokes. No, that's weird. So uh, so now I know. And I was really getting stressed out because I'm like, oh, man, wait, how many jokes do I have to have? I'm going to stop by 30 places. I got to have 30 jokes, you know? And then I realized, no, duh. Just have one really good one and tell it over and over and over. And so that's what we're going to do. And I think it's really neat because you get to interact with the kids from, from an adult perspective and the kids get to interact with you a little bit, which 
they don't always do. They just hold their bag up, get the crap thrown in, and then they leave. Thank you. If you're lucky, you get a thank you. So um, I'm pro jokes. So next year, next year I'll have some. So that was that was weird. Do, what do you do in your town? Do, do you do anything weird that you don't know is weird? Even if it's not weird to you, maybe it is weird to the rest of us. Send me your weird stuff. I'd love to hear what you know people in Maine do, you know, people in other countries. If you're in Alaska, that's another country or um Australia, which is what I meant to say. Um what do you do? What do you do over there? I don't know. But here we go. Oh, <laughs> Cherokee Street. <laughs> All right, this part if if you're uh if you're an adult, keep listening. If you're if you're a child, probably i'll i'll you know me i always try to keep it above board but this has to do with something um a little a little question questionable um we were walking down cherokee street past one of my favorite um tattoo parlors which i've i've never had a tattoo but i love the idea and um it's called art monster it's right there on cherokee street and there was people behind the counter and there was a lady in a big flowing robe and, and her feet were sticking out the bottom, and you could tell that she had been spray-painted on, on her ankles and her feet, and it was green, different kinds of green and stuff. I'm like, hey, Jen, because I've played Batman, um, the, the, the latest series that's, that's been out, and, um, and, and the new trend with Poison Ivy seems to be to have on as little clothes as possible, um, so I was like, I wonder if that's, and then she turns around. She had the thing open, by the way. Uh, she turns around in like a millisecond. And I'm like, yep, boys and Ivy. And I turn my head away immediately. My my wife obviously does. That just that stuff just doesn't do anything for me at all. But um, the, my wife's like, golly, I can't believe they did that. I hope my son didn't see that. I'm like, yeah. I am too. I, I'm hoping she didn't either. But that definitely was um, a poison ivy spray paint, body paint job there. Um, first time I'd ever seen like anything like that in person. <laughs> and hopefully the last. As, like I said, it's just something that has never done anything for me um, in that context. I mean, I'm not going to say I've never struggled with anything. But but that kind of stuff um, is is not what I'm down with. But anyway, my son had seen it apparently later on the next day. He told me, he says, uh, cause I, I was talking about it with Jen and we thought we were being vague, but he goes, yeah, that was really gross and stuff. And he's seven. So I was like, yay, at least, uh, at least it's gross. That gummit. So, but, but you could tell, I mean, I, I only, like I said, a split second, that the 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 girl, the young lady, whatever she was, um, didn't intend to do what she did. She was showing off the paint job and had turned around to show the back of her legs or probably even more than that um, and, and didn't realize she was still open. I, I guess that's the issue. I mean, the problem there, if you're going to if you're going to paint yourself, um, then you probably don't keep track of when you're showing yourself off and or not because it's just not a big deal to you. Um, I will just say this: it is a very big deal to me <laughs> when it, when I'm showing myself off and when I'm not. I mean, we even have a window 
in our hallway because I take a shower in my kids' bathroom because they got better water pressure. And in our bathroom, we got some artsy fartsy wannabe shower thing that I hate. Um, but I but I'm always ultra paranoid that the wine bar across the street is getting a little show in me and my towel as I'm walking past. So, but um, I don't think so. I think I would have gotten a note on the door or or a cop at the door by then. But uh, I will tell you this, even if they do get a show, I will not be um, painted as Poison Ivy. Uh, hey, just uh, this is a big thing to us. We we have been renting a house since we moved here, and some of you know that we really try to avoid that um, m- to the point that my wife moved up here for her job early um, or actually on time, and then we stayed uh, two months later trying to find a house giving Jennifer a time to find one that we could just move into rather than moving with her and then moving again the second time. Well, all of that struggle and all that pain and all that crap, because it was not easy and it was not fun, um, but we made it through it and we ended up having to rent anyway. And we've uh, we've been in this little house. Well, I say little. It's skinny. It's 16 foot across. It's three stories tall. It's right next door to my friend David. Um but uh, after all this time and after putting in offers on multiple houses and getting out bid, we finally bought a house. It's like a block and a quarter from here. And uh, it's it's not an old house. It looks like an old house, but it is only seven years old. And that's a huge deal. Um, because when you buy a hundred-year-old house, you know, it's cool. You get exposed brick. You get all this, uh, you know, cool stuff. But um, when you buy a hundred-year-old house, you get a hundred-year-old problems. And I don't want that. So we got a house. It's got two stories, but it has a full basement, absolutely full. And that is where the Intocast Studios will eventually go. And my art projects and any of my wood projects and stuff will all go down there. We're planning on finishing part of it. Uh, My buddy Paul, Rockstar Paul, um, from... from, um, movie beat down we're going to give him a desk and put it or he's going to provide a desk and we're going to put it down there so he can work out of his house um and 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 all that kind of stuff it's gonna be awesome we move uh the first week of december so that's kind of a weird time to move but it means we get to spend christmas in our new house which would be a gift to all of us so uh yay it's it's cool it's nothing fancy but it's got some decent um landscaping it's got a deck it's got a garage not just the garage port with that is a carport with a garage door on one side it's weird look it up um so we bought a house oh i uh i think i mentioned last week the things that fall behind and fall by the wayside when you're depressed and one of the things that i mentioned was uh dental hygiene and stuff like that you just don't take care of yourself when you don't feel good you just don't do it um, and the other day I was chewing on something and crack one of my crowns, uh, just cracked in half. And, uh, I had to get a dentist and go to the dentist and long story short, it wasn't a crown. It was my dang tooth. One of my teeth just cracked in half and it apparently rotted from the inside. Isn't that gross? I feel like a, an old lady that laughs in a movie, you know, uh, the, the lady that was chasing princess buttercup saying, yo, the queen of filth and slime i feel like that lady because my teeth uh fell apart but it's all right i got the the you know the the 
root canal and I've got a fake tooth on there right now and they're making me a brand new uh, tooth. And uh, so then I'll be normal. I'm only, I only got to feel like that lady if I don't fix the stuff, you know, I am 40 something, but uh, plus I was depressed, whatever, whatever. But uh, it's a big deal, man. Um, it, it was sharp. It cut my tongue <laughs> and a little bit more broke off. And, uh, and, and then, anyway, they've cut it all off now and it, it hurts so bad that my gum was all, I just never had a root canal that hurts so bad, but they say I have deep roots and they have to go down way down. And I'm like, eh, that's gross. Shut up. Just do your job. Quit telling me how gross it is. Um, oh, and last but not least, uh, I want to, I, I need a new car. My car, I've had it for what, 13 years. It's a 2003 Honda Element. First of its kind. First year. We bought it brand new right off the lot. Paid paid asking price, which is ridiculous. Never do that again. But um, it, it is acting up. You know, Hondas will drive forever. But unfortunately, their electronics seem to kind of start pooping out. Um, so there are times where my car won't turn over. And there are a lot of times that my fan won't turn on and my air conditioner. And you're saying, oh, well, my air conditioner don't work either. Uh, yeah, but your fan works. And when it's cold out, you can turn on the heat and the fan will blow heat into your car. Mine does not currently do this. And it really became evident that it was a problem yesterday when it was raining out. It was very humid, and I was trying to get the windows inside to not fog up. And it was it was dangerous. I had to throw, tear a piece of paper off of something next to me and wipe it on the thing. I was like having flashbacks to being 16 in high school with some piece of crap Chevette that I was driving. And, and I didn't know how to set the air right or the heat right to get the, the windshield fogless. Um, so anyway, I got to get that fixed. You know, that's terrible. It's terrible, ridiculous. But um, what I really want to do, my wife keeps saying, it's time to get you a new car. Typically in my family, that means we're going to get another Honda. I don't want another Honda. I don't, I, I don't want any other Honda that we can afford anyway. I like the Ridgeline. They're pretty cool. I can handle a pilot, but I don't like the way they look. Um, I could do a late model CRV, um, anything from 2009 up, you know, um, because I still need a car that I can move things around in somewhat, but I'd never do another element. Never. They have suicide doors and it is absolutely the worst thing in the world to try to get kids out of the back. Let me give, let me tell you why. Cause you have to open the front door. And you've got to be next to another car, right? You're in the uh, parking lot there. So you can open the door about halfway. And then you have to open the back door. And it can open about a quarter of the way. So if you can use your imagination, now you're standing there inside these two doors, trapped on each side. And then your kids get out. And so now there's three people crammed to this thing. They all have to squish towards you. Then you close the back door. Then they can be free a little bit and go go that way. Then we all step out of the way of the front door, close the front door, and then we can go on about our business. And that's just when they could walk. When they couldn't, we had to do all that and try to get the dang big old carry seat thing into the clicker deal so that we could get the babies in the car. So, yeah, I, I want a car with four doors that are independent and can be opened without any kind of dependence on other doors. And that's the definition of independent, I suppose. 
Um, so that's why CRV is coming to mind because CRV is uh, an element. Well, an element's a CRV uh, with a different body. It's got the same chassis and and all that. Everything's everything else is the same. Uh, so if you have any suggestions on on what you think is a good car, um, let me know. I I like um, you know I don't know. I I'll tell you what I want though, and the reason why I brought this up is I was going through. Um, I was going through Craigslist and I started just going through all the cars, all of them. And I bumped into a Beetle, a 1975 Volkswagen Beetle. And uh, it is colored uh, a, a kind of a muted uh, Buzz Lightyear green <laughs> and it has off-white panels painted on the sides. It's not original paint, but it has a nice uh, uh, retro roof rack on top. Uh, wooden, wooden part of its wood and part of its uh, metal, and I want this thing bad. I've, it's not the first time I've ever wanted a Beetle. Ye- years ago, I wanted one, but I, my wife keeps saying, "Well, they're not dependable." I'm like, "That's not true. That's just simply not true." Um, and she also says, "Well, you know, you, you won't be able to move anything around in it." I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. You're right there," um, but I still want it. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It's it's not that expensive. It's uh, something I could almost pay for uh, myself. Um, but I, I haven't moved on it because when you have what I have, which is bipolar, you go through series, you know, issue part problems where you're down and everything's sad and everything's horrible. And then you go up and all of a sudden you want to do things and, and it's great, except you can't always trust yourself. And I oftentimes want to start spending things, you know, buying games on Steam. I want to get on and buy uh, Amazon. I'm going to buy Buzz Lightyear stuff and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. I start thinking of all these things I can spend money on and, and improve our life and all that. And that is, unfortunately, one of the, the main uh, indicators or one one of the indicators of, of bipolar is you want to start doing things. And one of the rules I, I read in a book said, uh, don't ever let yourself make big decisions uh, when you're, when you're, you know, at the peak there of your bipolar. And I don't know if I am or not, cause you can't, you know, I don't really can't tell, but either way I'm not, I haven't bought it and I went to see it and it's awesome. It runs well. It's, it belongs to, belongs to a mechanic and um, it's in good shape. It may be a little pricey, but I'm going to try to get him down from that. But I'm wondering, you know, can I qualify? Can I allow myself to buy this as almost like a thing that I own? You know, like a Buzz Lightyear collectible or, you know, a, 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 a helicopter. You know, not a, not a real one, but a RC helicopter, you know. Can it just be a thing that I have collected and I use it and I enjoy it? And, um, but I still have a car that is the one that I drive for real. And I know people do this all the time. You know, they have a a hobby car or a little side thing. Um, I'd be interested to hear from any of you guys that have done that or or anybody that's owned a Beetle. Um, again, this is 1975. Um, don't know much about him to tell you past that, but it's had its engine rebuilt very recently. He's got receipts that back everything up. Um, 
probably somebody's going to buy it before I get around to it. But I'd love to hear from you. You can send such things to james at nlcast.com. I hope you had a great uh, Halloween, and I hope uh, to hear from you. Um, I hope that to that you'll hear from me before uh, Thanksgiving. I've never had a regular schedule for these things, but um, you know, I'd love to do it once a week. Uh, twice a month would be ideal. Hey, one more thing. One more thing. Podcasting in general, I hate that I'm not podcasting. I hate that I'm not doing uh, movie beatdown, and I hate that I'm not doing that story show. But I've, I, I go through these things like I'm doing really well. The my new my new doctor has has given me some changed up my meds a little bit, and and it's really had a great effect. But it has not had the effect that I want to do anything creative or whatever and you'd say well james it doesn't matter if you want to you just have to do it and it's unfortunately it doesn't work that way because i for years could force myself and have forced myself to do the things that i didn't want to do or didn't feel motivated to do uh but but with podcasting and 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 my um web comic full of win um it's just not the case like even with full of win i sat down my kids play at the park just about every day I sit down with my sketchbook and I sketched out like three or four comic strips for full of wind, just, you know, gut bottom first level, no eraser, just drew it all out, got the jokes down and where I wanted everybody to be. But then I walked past this Wacom tablet that I bought, which was likely in a, uh, a high, but it was my own money. So it didn't hurt the family at all. Um, and I don't, I don't want to do it. I, I can't, and if I sat down to do it, I would be literally miserable. It would be like sitting down to poke myself in the in the face with some needle. That's the way it would be. And I, I don't know why that is. It's just the way it is. And I hope that it will fade. And I hope that I will be able to start podcasting and doing creative stuff again. Um, you know, it might be stress. It might be a lot of things because I'm at home with the kids. Um I'm making dinners and, and taking care of them all day and having to deal with all their stories that they tell me and all the jokes that they tell me that they think are funny. And then my wife's been getting home at like eight at night, eight thirty. She sees the kids for an hour and then she's in and they're in bed. So, um, and then when we're moving to this other house, so there's still a lot of stuff going on. So that may be it. I mean, the depression, the one thing, that really sticks out and always has to me is depression is like it, it, you get a certain amount of energy every day, emotional energy or creative energy. And, um, every single thing that happens, not just the bad stuff, even the good stuff takes away from that energy. And, um, that's why, uh, podcasting, drawing comics can be a negative thing because they take away your, your life, your energy, your abilities. And then you don't have anything left for family and all that kind of stuff. And right now I've been great to my family right now. I've been a benefit to them and it's been a long time since it's been that way. Um, you know, I, I, my wife's not happy with her job. We talk about it every night. It wears me down, you know? Um, and, but, it, but it's good for her, you know, to let it out. And we know we're in a, we just can't, we can't get out of the job um, for a year. 
just without repaying a bunch of bonuses and stuff and moving costs and things like that. So um, we're just, you know, we're, we're getting through that. Um, so maybe, <laughs> maybe eventually uh, I'll start podcasting again. I do miss uh, John a lot over there at that story show. Um, I would like to say that I miss Paul, but I don't because I see Paul nearly every day because he lives here now. So maybe when uh, Movie Beatdown comes back, we'll be in the new uh, basement studio and uh, he and I will be able to... Well, we were recording together in the same room. Anyway, I don't know what I was thinking. All right, that's it for me, guys. Um, uh, Have a great life. Uh, Have a great few weeks, and we'll see you guys next time right here on GOK.